0: Welcome to Conversations in a Vintage Shop, a podcast from behind my counter between customers. Join me while I sit behind my retail counter and just have a conversation with you or with myself. While I look out the window, observe what I see, things that are happening in the store today, throughout the week, and just fun little stories that I have from my time as a business owner. This is something that you find interesting, and keep listening, and I appreciate you. Well, hey there, everybody. Thank you for joining me back for Season 2, Episode 4 of Conversations in a Vintage Shop I also just realized mid-sentence that I said episode four. It's episode five. Ugh, I can't even keep myself straight anymore. (laughs) And before we hop right into it, I think this is just going to be a regular segment where I'm just going to update you on some funny things that are happening in my neck of the woods. And I've had a lot of people come in and ask... If I'm ever going to give updates on the situation happening in my building. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning, you may remember some of the episodes where I have talked about a new business tenant that had moved into the building that my shop is in. And how a lot of us had had a lot of uh, (laughs) unfortunate encounters with, with said business One being the fact that they wanted to instill some kind of dress code for all of us who live and work in this building because it's a heightened experience business and us looking like slobs, I guess, is going to ruin their bottom line somehow. Anywho, if you didn't listen to that episode, to be completely honest, I don't remember what episode it is. But it's somewhere in season one. I give a full recap of it. And by recap, I mean a whole vent session. (laughs) But I have a funny little development. And this is more of like an antidote about how what you put out there and how you treat others really does come back to you. And I'm a firm believer in karma. And I believe the more bad karma you rack up, the faster it is to catch up with you. Because we all know that person who, for whatever reason, we wonder why hasn't karma gotten them yet? Is it just me? Why does it seem like bad things happen to me, but there are some people who do bad things all the time and it never catches up with them? Well, this is going to be a perfect example of that. Now, said business, things have kind of calmed down. I, again, am off kind of in my own little world because my business is in a totally opposite side of the building. But I hear things from my customers, people living in the building, and I always get really angry because I love community. I love when people actually get along. It makes life so much easier. And come on, it's been a stressful couple of years. I don't think any of us want to add on to it with petty bullshit. So a few months ago, A bunch of us, tenants and business owners, had made a bunch of complaints to our management about people getting into the building at night, sneaking into the building. I know myself and others have been followed into the bathrooms in our building, which we all use communal bathrooms. And it's in a far part of the building, dark, long, narrow hallway, no windows, no escape. sounds really dark and treacherous, which it feels like it if you've ever used the bathrooms in this building. And multiple times, whether it be myself or someone else, we'll go back to the bathroom and a guy will be following you. Or you'll get out of the bathroom and a guy will be waiting out there. Or they just come into the bathrooms. They hide in the bathrooms. They try to get into your business. They try to talk to you. And this happens at all hours of the day, but mainly after hours or at night. And this happens large in part to the fact that our building has three security doors, which some businesses have the master key for. And some of them unlock them and won't lock them back up at night, which means anybody can come in. Again, people live here and people have businesses here. So being the fact that it's Sometimes just open for anybody who wants to come in is a little troubling. So we've all kind of rang the alarm on that, saying how uncomfortable it feels. I know I've had to start bringing my phone and my knife and mace with me to the bathroom, which is really sad. All I'm trying to do is go pee. It's not that deep. But I guess women going to a bathroom can't even be a safe thing anymore, Anyways, I digress. So when a bunch of us had complained about doors being left open and people coming in, our management had gone to this person that we have all had issues with who runs this said new business and had named some of the businesses that had lodged a complaint. And the complaint was that these people were leaving the doors open and it was causing people to come in and everything I just described. So this person ended up going to a couple of the businesses and gaslighting the hell out of them, saying, why can't you just come to me and tell me this? Which for the record, a lot of people had no idea who she was at this time. Um, So get over yourself, please and thank you. But she also kept telling everybody, well, if people want to get into this building, they can get into the building. It doesn't matter if the door is unlocked or not. It's really not that big of a deal. And would just keep gaslighting everybody saying, well, it's not my fault. People are gonna get in regardless, so it's not my problem. So now flash forward to this week, or the week I'm recording this. And I heard there was a little bit of a kerfluffle in the main part of the building and earlier in the day it was a beautiful sunny 30 degree day I had heard yelling coming from the end of the block where my shop is and I saw a man who I'm pretty sure was intoxicated just yelling and screaming and like pounding his fists in the air which again it's not that uncommon I see this a lot so I didn't really think anything of it well I guess this person decided to go into the main part of our building. He walked right down to this business, and I guess nobody was up front. They had their doors wide open. And walked right in, took a bottle of their wine that they sell or do testings with. I still don't understand. Just walked in, took a bottle of wine, walked out, and just started chugging it on his way out. So I guess when finally... People had noticed what had happened. They had called the police. And the police had pulled up right in front of this guy, who was just sitting on the side of the block, just drinking this wine. And this gentleman proceeds to flick off the police and run away. (laughs) I, I just couldn't write it any better myself. So, apparently, this troubled business owner was telling the police how... She just doesn't understand how this can happen, and she locks the doors, and they need to do something about this because it's just, it scares her so much, which rightfully so, not dismissing that, and was giving this woe-is-me tale about how violated that she felt, but how they need to pay attention to it. To add insult to injury, our new rental manager, with whom a lot of us have told how unsafe we feel in this building, then decides this is the perfect opportunity to show her concern, running up and down the stairs, saying, I have the videotape. Again, not the same energy that was shown to the rest of us at all. I'd just days ago gone down there and told her how I wanted an extra security door key so I could lock one of the doors in the back part of my building. Because someone was loitering behind my shop, and had I been working that night, I would have walked right out into them, and there, was no, there would be no way for me to escape if, God forbid, something bad did happen. And her only response was, oh, well, that's the first I've heard of this. I'll check in and see what I can do. Which, first off, this is not the first she's heard of it. And second, the blasé attitude didn't sit well with me. But I'm totally glad she kept the same energy for this business owner. Which she didn't. So that part still rubs me the wrong way. However, it is pretty funny how Karma came to come and smack that lady right across her face. And how she expects the rest of us to notify her if we see something shady happening. Because she doesn't want anything else to happen to their business. Even though, when we had told the same story and experience, we were dismissed and gaslit. It's funny how that works out, doesn't it? It doesn't matter until it happens to you. But this is just a reminder, you guys, that karma does come and get people. You really do put out, you get back what you put out there. And if you're putting out bad energy and you're treating people horribly, it will come back to you. But my personal belief is if you put out enough of that bad energy throughout your life and in such a short period of time, that credit builds up pretty fast and karma is going to cash that out. So that's just a little reminder for the day that let karma do its thing, but also just be very conscious of what you are putting out there and how you are treating people. All right. Now on a side note, I've been having this thought lately about another segment I want to have on the podcast. And this is something I've had people ask me about and I've had in the back of my head, but I didn't know if there'd be any interest in it. And that is a segment where As everybody knows, I record this podcast, unless it's an interview, during my shop hours. And sometimes people walk in and I'm still talking and it's a little embarrassing, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But I thought, you know, wouldn't that be fun if I had a day where I could interview people walking into my shop and just ask them random questions. There's a topic for the day. I can just ask them and interview them live while they walk in the shop none the wiser I know I thought that was kind of a funny idea because sometimes I'll have people come in and they'll see my microphone out and they ask oh did you just record an episode and that's where it clicked in my head that okay people are paying attention all right well maybe this could be something fun So keep an eye out on our Instagram at conversations in a vintage shop because I might if I do decide to do this I'll probably let everybody on Instagram know first and maybe I'll ask what the topic should be I don't know I don't know how I'm going to do it yet but it's just food for thought and an idea I've been tossing around (laughs) but I just thought I'd throw that out there Now, on today's episode, I was really inspired to talk about the topic of gentrification, specifically in downtown areas, mainly small downtown areas like the one I live in in Fargo, North Dakota. And I was inspired to do this because recently, me and my partner had to head down to the Minnesota Twin Cities for the first round of chemo for our amazing little three-legged cat. And his appointment was six hours and we weren't allowed to go in due to COVID protocol. So we had a lot of time that we needed to expend. <laughs> and we decided that we would just hop around to a bunch of the vintage shops and, you know, just see if I could replenish my store, look around because it had been years since we had been to the city's last And so we were driving around, and we ended up in downtown St. Paul. And we were going to a bunch of vintage shops down there. And just walking up and down the blocks, you had so many amazing different businesses. You had a Dunkin' Donuts, but then you had a Natural Food Grocers, and then you had a hockey shop. You had a row of vintage shops. You had this, this. And I was struck by how diverse the businesses were for such a big city. And the fact that some of the shop fronts still had their original facades. They weren't stripped away and made completely I don't know, bland, <laughs> the same matching, I don't insert your favorite basic word. And I thought, you know, this is the downtown that I remember growing up in. So I was born in 1989, and I grew up in Fargo. And as with any city, there are a lot of growing pains. You see a transformation. And in our downtown, much like a lot of downtown areas and districts in the United States, they go through these huge revamps, revamps. And they always change lives, it seems like, every generation. So when my mom was growing up, they didn't have malls. So you would come downtown and you would go shopping at the clothing stores and they would all have these beautiful window displays. And that was an experience in itself. Then you saw the creation of the indoor mall strip malls and then a lot of these businesses ended up moving to greener pastures and I know our downtown kind of fell off a bit it wasn't a desirable place to be there are parts of it that were really run down it wasn't as safe as it used to be you know normal things that a lot of downtowns go through so when I was in junior high high school I started coming back downtown there were still the sketchier places, but I remember going to all the different shops and you could tell each shop by just the facade of its building because there's so much character. I would go to the little vintage shops. There's a little antique mall, a little cafe. I mean, everything was so different. And it really became an art focused area and downtown. You'd have a lot of artists getting studios here. The rent was affordable. I lived downtown when I was in college. And this was towards the tail end of it being affordable. But it was a great place to meet up with friends. And you didn't have to worry about what you looked like or the the bougie-ness of it all. It was a humble place to be. And then you flash forward to the, especially the past five years or so. And in particular, our downtown has gone through a bit of a renaissance. And, you know, people are kind of steering away from malls. They want to support small businesses and get back to, you know, those roots of mom and pop shops, which I love. I absolutely love. And... These are the people that would only come out on Small Business Saturday and support people downtown. And now they make more of an effort to come down here, which is amazing. However, the landscape has kind of changed a bit. And I know our downtown is not unique to this. Where you get bigger corporate entities buying up vacant lots, buildings, spaces, renovating, making them more modern, more palatable to a different demographic, the demographic that feels comfortable going into the mall where things are laid out for you. You don't really have to search that hard. Everything's just at your fingertips, which for some people can be great. But the problem is when you have these big corporate entities with deep pockets buying up spaces You're doing a lot. The ripple effect is vast. Sure, you redo the building and you make it look like a shiny new penny. But you also are raising the rent. And pushing out a lot of small businesses that could not survive. On having a 500 square foot space where they're paying almost $2,000. $1,500 to $2,000 in Fargo, North Dakota. And so a lot of these mom-and-pop shops end up having to go on the outskirts. Or even just going online only because they can't afford to get spaces. And there's one example of a building in our downtown area that we all, in Fargo, you know this building. And it's called the Black Building. And I remember as a kid thinking it was a wonderland. These unassuming doors you would walk into, and it was an indoor mall. But it wasn't just a mall. It was a hidden gem. You really felt like you were stepping out of reality and going back in a time warp. You had the dark wood. You had this beautiful, I believe it was a fake tree. I think it was a fake tree, but other people have told me it was real. Maybe that's part of the mythology about it. But this huge tree centerpiece in the middle of the mall that all the floors wrapped around that went to the ceiling. There was a little cafe in the basement. Well, not cafe. It was a it was a restaurant that sold Chicago-style hot dogs and fare. And it was affordable. It was really good. It was messy. You had some vintage shops in there. It was amazing. And again, as a kid, you were mesmerized by it. Well, the building got bought out, and what happened was that all of the tenants in the building were given an ultimatum, and you'll, see, you'll, you'll hear in a moment why it wasn't really much of a choice. So they were effectively going to gut the building and just completely revamp it. So the businesses in there were given what they saw, the people who bought the building as a choice. You can stay here and run from us, but your rent is going to go from $300 up to $1,500, but you're also going to have to like get out of here for a while. But we would really just think it would be easier if we just bought out your lease and you just left. So what is a business going to do with that? And a lot of them, some of them were lucky enough to find an affordable space still in the downtown area, a little bit on the outskirts. But all those businesses had to leave. And some of them, they never reopened. And this, I don't even know how many years ago that this building was bought out. Was it at least four or five? And the building is still under construction. You drive by and you see just concrete. And it's kind of a symbol. At least how our downtown has been changing. And the sadness I have is that I've seen so many legit mom and pop businesses go under because they cannot afford the rent that is being offered to them. So then what really does a downtown become? I know here we have a lot of banks. There's a Chinese restaurant that everybody who grew up in Fargo grew up on. It had a beautiful facade with these amazing, ornate brickwork and just amazing sculptures outside. And inside, it was kitschy, but it was home. Nothing ever changed. A place that you grew up with, not changing Nostalgic people like me love that. <laughs> I remember their cream cheese wontons. Gorging myself on their buffet and trying to sneak as much food as I could into my purse. Went there for prom. And their rent was raised. And they could no longer afford to stay in that spot. And there are other things that had happened behind the scenes that... Legally, I don't know if I can talk about without getting myself in trouble. But my opinion is that they had a thumb pressing down on them. I do believe that they were pushed out. And now it's a bank. It was stripped away of any character that building has, and now it's just a bank. You know that song, Pave Paradise, Put Up a Parking Lot? Well, here, it's more rip out the soul and put in a vault. And that's kind of the theme we've been seeing in our area. And, you know, it's a divisive issue. There are a lot of people who don't work or live downtown who don't see this as a problem. But if you grew up here, you grew up in this downtown area, I've worked downtown since I was 18 and I'm 32 now. I've seen the effects that gentrification can have on a small downtown area. And I bring that back to you. we are Fargo, North Dakota. We are the biggest city in the state. However, we're not Minneapolis. We're not New York. We're not L.A. We're a big city, but we're a small city in the grand scheme of things. And I found that our town is trying to compete with the big boys. But when I was in St. Paul, and even in Minneapolis, there are certain areas that you still get that neighborhood vibe. That small-town neighborhood downtown feel. How is that possible? But yet, it's hard to sustain that and keep that here. And the problem is, when you... Gentrification, you... Use the tool that makes things on trend. You wave a wand, and instead of a building that has character, you want something with very basic details that, in the eyes of a lot of people, will age better. But you take away all the personality, and every storefront looks the same. So how does that bring character to a downtown? How are you ensuring that our downtown is going to survive when you are literally trying to make it look like a mall? And if you go based on what you think is trendy or on trend, that's why it's called a trend. Trends go. They change all the time. But for some place, a building, a shop, anything that has a personality that is evergreen, that stays. And you see that with a lot of businesses, especially in downtown areas, who have always stayed really firm in their beliefs, their personalities. They have never deviated from who they are as a core business. And those businesses aren't necessarily rich businesses. They just don't follow what they see on TV or on social media and that's why they can survive because they don't have to constantly change and reevaluate their business plan every year. And I feel like that's what our downtown is going through. It's, it's kind of at that, it's on the edge where choices have to be made. Do you want to make our downtown a downtown? Or are you just trying to make it a corporate playground? Non-offensive. Stark. Concrete jungle. And it's something I've thought about a lot recently. And again, going to the cities, I just found it interesting. And of course, everywhere has you know, their corporate areas, their corporate districts. But when you see that starting to take over an entire area block, that's when you start to get worried because what do you lose in the process? You lose a lot of great businesses. I mean, I can only give examples. I know in one of the buildings in our downtown area that's owned by, by the same people. You went a conference space. Where people have multiple access to it. It's not a private standalone space. It's fairly small in terms of square footage. And you're paying $2,000. Again, I have to reiterate. This is in downtown Fargo. And I will say time and time again. I was born and raised here. I love our city, but come on, who's going to, who's going to pay for that? Who can afford that? Well, I'll tell you who can afford it. Corporate entities who come from out of state, out of town, who are looking, you know, just for a little throwaway satellite space that they can use. It's not really a big deal to them. Do they do anything to enrich the community? No. No. And that's my fear and I I feel like every area has been going through this differently but with the pandemic the past two years on small businesses have been devastating and in downtown Fargo we lost a lot of really great small businesses just in our downtown area alone not even counting the entire area the entire city of Fargo just in our downtown alone we lost multiple businesses due the pandemic and people not being able to afford rent. So how is that going to bode well for entrepreneurs? People like me who, when I started my business, I had nothing. I didn't have a rich family behind me. I couldn't get a bank loan. I am still bogged down by student loans. How many people have amazing ideas for businesses that would enrich our community so much who they can't even get their foot in the door because they can't afford $2,000 for 800 square feet. But no, we love downtown and we love small business. How does that jive? But that's, you know, a topic that I have had a lot of conversations with people with in my shop. And I've been fortunate enough to talk to people who I used to serve in one of my old jobs downtown at another clothing shop I worked at. And some of them haven't been here since my former job closed. And they were shocked at just how different things are. And how it made them sad to come back. And so much has changed to where it almost feels like our downtown is kind of becoming a ghost of itself. History is slowly, slowly eroding. And sure, you can buy up a building, renovate it, restore it back to its glory. But it doesn't count if you're gutting it, stripping off the facade, keeping the name, and maybe just painting a pretty mural on the side. That doesn't cut it. You're erasing history. You're erasing what made this downtown, downtown. And again, you see it happening in a lot of places. And there's only two ways it's going to go. Our downtown could be an uptown, where it's the upper echelons, the elite. You've got fine dining, fancy restaurants. You've got Gucci you have all of those high, high-end businesses and it can thrive and it can be great and maybe they'll get a, you know, a different area where the rest of us can go or it becomes an issue of these spaces don't get rented and they stay vacant. And so you have these nice, beautiful, pretty, sparkly, shiny, brand new businesses and buildings with nobody in them, other than a bank, a lawyer's office. I'm trying to think of others. Very droll. So how does that enrich a downtown? How does that make a downtown vibrant? Because I don't know about you, and I'm going down to my favorite pizza shop on the corner. And I just ate and I want to go shopping, go downtown. The last place I'm going to go to is a lawyer shop or a lawyer's office, unless that's what I need. I want to go to a bookstore. I want to go to a gift store. I want to go somewhere where it shows me the culture of that area. What makes this place unique? And I'm sorry, Fargo is not unique just because it has a bank on every corner or how many shops downtown can have the same variation of a white shirt. That's not what makes people remember us. It's not what makes people want to come back. That is what signals to people that we're not worth it because we're just like everywhere else. But it's been something I've been thinking about lately. And I know a lot of people out there have been thinking about it too. Even if you don't live in North Dakota, it is happening everywhere. Everywhere. And you can't stop it. Because again, money talks. Investors invest. That's what they do. And yes, we can keep talking about it. But is it going to change anything? not unless you get deep pockets, but it's food for thought. Do any of you listening work downtown or in a downtown area? Do you or have you lived downtown? Have you grown up in these areas where you've seen the landscape change completely? What do you think about it? Do you think it's a good thing? Have you seen the effects? Do you know shops that have had to close? Businesses that have had to close? I get it. It's a touchy subject. And there are people that, again, think this is a great idea, which in some cases it very well might be. But when you pull back the curtain a bit and you can see what's going on behind the scenes, it's not as beautiful to watch. And when you see... The way that other business owners have been treated by these larger entities and pushed out, literally, (laughs) it really does make you jaded and lose hope a little bit that the American dream of owning a small business and having your own corner shop could slowly be dying. And I hear that time and time again when I have women coming in here, when I have men coming in here, kids coming in here, anybody, LGBTQ+, people who want to open up a business that is inclusive and fill a gap in our town that is so desperately needed for people. And I hear this all the time. I can't afford it. I want to be downtown. I want to make a difference in my community. I want to be there for people who need me, but I can't afford it. And I don't know where to go. We're losing so many great people because of that. And I get it. You can't have a space for like $100 in a downtown. That's unheard of. However, is it really necessary to jack up rent to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars? And that's not even for a pristine, great space. <laughs> it, it's pretty ridiculous. But if you're someone out there who this bothers you, if you wanted to open up a shop in a downtown and you couldn't afford it because of the gentrification happening, you're definitely not alone. And people are talking about it. But how do you get people to listen? You could go to your city government go to city council meetings. And again, that that helps to a point. But the problem you always run into, again, is when you come up against people with money and bigger interests. You're fighting a losing battle. And it's hard... It's really hard to wrap your head around that. But I am hopeful... I don't know what I'm hopeful for, but I hope especially, and I can just talk for our downtown area, I really hope something changes and we don't lose more businesses because of this. Because again, when you get a downtown that is gentrified, when you get an area that's gentrified, you tend to attract a lot of the same. And you all know what I'm talking about. You get the same of everything. You get the same kind of clothing shops, the same kind of restaurants. Get a lot of banks. (laughs) Because those are the people that can afford it. People who come from well-off backgrounds, wealthy investors. And that's when a downtown dies. So just keep that in mind when you're, you know, when you're in any downtown. Make it a concerted effort. Go to those businesses that are really trying, and you can tell a real mom and pop shop from one of these said businesses. You can tell, and support them because if you don't, and they disappear, you'll have no right to complain. And say, I miss that. I miss this place so much. I love that store so much. Okay, we'll prove it, because they are disappearing, and they're going to continue at a rapid pace. So support these places. Show them that you want them to stay there, because they need your help. Word of mouth means everything. You don't have to go in and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars because. Let's face it, a lot of these stores, mine included, we don't cater to wealthy people. If we get people with money coming in, great. I mean, I love having different customers in. But a lot of us are very well aware that our core customer base are just like us broke. (laughs) (laughs) So do the little free things that help. Share those posts visit tell people because that is how you're going to get these downtowns to survive and keep these small amazing unique businesses trust me the time to do it is now because the way i've seen it some businesses really don't have a lot of time left All right, everybody, that concludes episode five. Yeah, that was a lot, wasn't it? (laughs) Sometimes I can't help but to make an episode just all about my opinions on things that are happening around me and my shop, but that's exactly what this is. Conversations that I have every day here, and I share it with you. And I thank you again for joining me. And stay tuned, because next week... We are going to make that segment about what's happening in my building reoccurring. (laughs) It's almost going to be like those radio shows in the 30s and 40s. A continuation of the story next week. And then I'm sure I'll have another topic for next week, but right now I don't know what that is. Sometimes I just do it very off the cuff and what inspires me for that day. So it will be as big of a surprise to me as it is to you join us here next monday where i update you on things again and we can just chat until then have a great week everybody and we'll see you soon